0: There is controversy surrounding the cross of Jesus Christ today.
1: Some hate the cross, some love the cross, but we know that the cross is ultimately the only thing in which we can really place our hope.
2: The cross of Jesus Christ symbolizes the greatest act of love the world has ever seen.
3: So we're all born in sin, and therefore every one of us needs the cross to be redeemed.
4: The beauty of the cross is that the Lord says, there is no way to the Father except through Him. And He also says to pick up the cross and follow. So there is no way around the cross.
5: Welcome to this special program, Cross Purposes, a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. During this special time of year when we celebrate Christ's resurrection from the dead, we're going to take a closer look inside this most important event in all of history. What does it mean that Jesus died on the cross for our sins? What happened on that cross? and Why does it matter to you? Sadly, most people do not understand this, and even many Christians miss the joy peace and security God intends for us because we don't understand the fullness of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Stay tuned and discover in a deeper way what Christ has done for you.
6: The cross has always been controversial simply because it is the emblem of Christianity and why would you use that for your logo of all things, an instrument of torture? And yet it's one of the earliest Christian symbols. The cross was an instrument
1: of death, a horrible instrument of torture. In the time of Jesus, wearing a cross around your neck would have been, in our culture, akin to wearing a, an electric chair around your neck.
2: The early Christians would never have chosen the cross as their symbol if it all ended on the cross.
3: We're all born in sin and therefore every one of us needs the cross to be redeemed.
4: Critical scholars who want to reject the the doctrine of the atonement are are indeed rejecting the what is central to to the Christian faith.
3: While uh, the critics and the unbelievers and the apostate church uh, say that the cross is primitive, uh, shedding of blood is, uh, is primitive. Uh, we believe, like the Apostle Paul said, it is to us is none other than the power of God unto salvation.
5: The cross of Christ is now a familiar symbol. We wear it around our necks and put it on bumper stickers. But it was once much different. As you're about to see, at the time of Christ... A cross was a horrible and even scandalous thing.
2: When you look at all four Gospels, you realize that about one-third of their content deals with the last week of Jesus' life. In other words, really the passion and resurrection of our Lord, where he died for us in our place. Now one aspect of that passion was when he was scourged. Isaiah 53, written 700 years before Christ, talks about by his stripes we are healed.
0: Now scourging involved taking a leather whip and then it was used to flagellate the prisoner and it had to be done very carefully because it could actually kill the prisoner.
6: The scourging prior to crucifixion was a real gruesome operation. Uh, They had little bits of bone that were sharpened, uh, little pieces of metal, spikes, nails that were included in the scourge. And so a person was fairly well lacerated, there's no question about it. As a matter of fact, the Romans called that the little death prior to the death and crucifixion.
2: Then the Romans made him carry his cross as he made his way through the Via Dolorosa, the way of sorrows. And then they brought him to Calvary where they crucified him. So the mockery of the soldiers, the the weight of the wood, uh, the
4: scourging, uh, the whips, the nails, all the things that we all are familiar with are a reminder to us the degree to which our Lord was willing to go, the, the willingness to lay down His life that we might live.
6: Crucifixion is a public, ever so public, ghastly demonstration of don't do what that fella did else you're gonna end up on the cross like he is
2: crucifixion was invented by the Syrophoenicians about 600 years before Christ but it was perfected by the Romans
0: it was the most painful way to die you would rather be mauled by animals or stoned or anything than be crucified
2: the nails went through here and that causes the thumb to jerk in because of the nerve that's being pinched there as the nail would go through there.
6: Asphyxiation is probably the cause of death because you simply can't breathe. When you're hanging on the cross long enough, you finally can't get your breath anymore because there's no fulcrum in which to hold your body together to to draw that breath.
2: And Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, was hung on that cross for six hours. It was horrific. People did not talk about the cross in polite conversation. You didn't sit around your dinner table and discuss the latest crucifixions. uh, Much in the same way that lynchings would be in our understanding. But you didn't talk about lynching around the table with your children. And so the cross to them would be akin to lynching to us. Clearly things were not right with the universe when the Son of God was hanging on the cross. In fact, the sun was darkened. And that's where we get the phrase darkness at noon
3: as if heaven is mourning the fact that the creator of the sun and that the creator of light is now hanging on a cross and it became dark and the darkness fell upon this entire area to tell that this is the one who said let there be light and there was light and so when he was on the cross it became dark.
2: In John's Gospel it says that the Roman soldiers went to the thieves on both sides of Christ and they broke their knees. Then when they came to Christ, they saw that he was already dead. So one of them took a spear and pierced his heart and
3: immediately outflowed blood and water. They had to borrow a tomb. Somebody volunteered and says, I have a new tomb. You can bury him in my tomb. And he was buried in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb, which was brand new. And it is befitting that the Lord of glory be buried in a brand new tomb because he wasn't going to be there for very long. And the third day, he rose again with power and great glory. And he was seen for over 40 days by hundreds of people, hundreds of people. He fellowshiped with the disciples. He fellowshiped with the 72 and the 12 and the 500 eyewitnesses saw the risen Lord. A crucified Messiah
1: is a false Messiah. Only Jesus is thought to be the true Messiah after He's crucified. That's a very strong argument for the resurrection because you have to answer the question, what's different about Jesus from these other dozen Messianic claimants who were also crucified? What would cause followers to to say, yes, he was still the Messiah despite the fact that he was crucified.
2: Jesus rose from the dead after he earned our salvation on the cross. He came to give his life as a ransom for many. He says that He came to lay down His life for His sheep. And so we can understand that Christ understood that His coming into the world was a coming to die for the sins, as it says in Matthew chapter 1, for the
5: sins of His people. We call the day Christ was crucified Good Friday. Isn't that strange? When you think about it, we're celebrating the execution of our Savior. How could such a thing be called good? If Jesus were merely dragged to his death against his will, as some modern scholars have claimed, a mere victim of circumstance, it could not be good. But is it possible there was more to it than that? Let's take a closer look.
2: Some skeptics have said, well, Jesus died as a martyr to his cause. That's not what happened. Jesus voluntarily laid down his life on our behalf. God hates sin. God poured out his wrath on his son, Jesus Christ, when he was there on the cross. And the night before he was crucified, he contemplated what he was going to have to do on that Good Friday.
0: So he goes out to the Garden of Gethsemane. And it is there that he enters into prayer. And he has invited the disciples to pray with him, but they are too tired. They fall asleep. And so he is alone. And this is where he is in conversation with the Father and asks the Father if there's any other way to accomplish this mission. Please take this cup away from me, he says. But not my will, but thine be done. So he is willing to submit himself, his whole being, to the Father's will and to do whatever it is going to take to accomplish the mission, which is to rescue us, <laughs> is to substitute for us. And he goes into that knowing it is going to be painful. In fact, he is so aware of how painful it is going to be that he, he sweats so profusely that it is as if blood were coming out.
4: And the images are very real for all of us. The Lord in a moment of prayer. And this whole agony, we we refer to it as the agony in the garden. What what is agonizing? Of course, the reality of what is forthcoming. The Lord knowing that what it would take to win the salvation, what it would cost is His own life, His own blood, His own shedding of His own flesh, broken open for us.
6: In this case, We have more than an earthly event taking place here. This is part of the divine drama of our salvation. This is only at the surface what is happening at a tremendous depth by which our salvation was accomplished by God in Christ. That is a cosmic difference between Jesus' death and all other deaths and all other martyrdoms that have taken place. Uh, Jesus had not only the physical agonies of uh, Good Friday, but he had also the burden of the sins of the world. It was a, a cosmic load that only God himself could have shouldered. And I think that's the, the larger significance of what's happening here on Good Friday.
2: When Jesus was on the cross, he allowed the infinite wrath of God to be placed on him because he had become sin on our behalf. And because God hates sin, he broke fellowship with his son. God the Father rejected God the Son. And so Jesus cries out, quoting Psalm 22, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?
0: And I believe that he is crying out of his anguish, at the experience that he is encountering at that moment as he's carrying the sins of the world. And what's amazing about that moment is he is carrying our forsakenness, what should have been our forsakenness. God should be turning his face away from us, but instead he's turning it away from Christ.
3: And at that moment on the cross, as Jesus Christ carried on his holy shoulders the sins of the world and the rebellion and all of the things that we, the worst things we can think about, as those sins and man's rebellion were carried on his holy shoulders, the Father could not look upon sin. And that is that moment of separation for which he is born. That is the pain of the cross that was the sacrifice of the cross